everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Whitney Nelson. How you doing, Whitney? I'm doing all right. I have not played much in the way of video games, so I don't have too much to talk to this time because I just moved, and I still haven't set up my PS4, so everything that I've been doing is stuff that's on my laptop or on my phone already, so it's just more uh, a little bit of Stardew Valley, a little bit of Hearthstone. Um, today I played a little bit of... Have you Have you seen the new Captain Marvel uh, website? No, I have not. Oh my gosh, you have to go to marvel.com slash Captain Marvel right now. All right, I'm doing it right it now. It is like an old like GeoCities page in design because it's a 90s, it's set in the 90s. So it's all like GIFs and that at email logo that rotates and um, and a visit, like a site visit counter. And it's amazing. Oh, I'm checking it out right now. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would help if I could spell it right. I was like totally struggling. But no, I got it now. And wow, this is a throwback. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It, it looks like every web page that every friend you ever had built in the 90s. And uh, there's a game on it called Can You Spot the Crawl? <laughs> and there's a bunch of pictures and it's literally just you click, are they scroll or are they human? That is amazing. Oh, yeah, man, this I website that today. is a beautiful gem. Uh, that's the thing, though. Uh, it's funny you bring this up because it, there's still websites like this that you'll encounter in modern day. And it's always like, are you fucking serious? Uh, for instance, I, my fiance and I have been in the market for a cat. We wanted to adopt one, uh, potentially save one from a shelter. And uh, I was looking on all these websites and stuff, and all these websites are very reminiscent of this style. They were so really? bad, like extremely like '90s, and like it was just it, it was frustratingly bad. But this is looks like more fun, and you can actually have a good time on here. But theirs was just yeah. like, man, you guys are living in the past. But uh, <laughs> we were successful in adopting a cat. We actually got it today. Uh, it's it's adorable. That's the thing. I've been a dog person my whole life. So it's Dang. definitely like a whole new chapter. And um, I'm new to it all. I know Basta was a new cat dad early in the podcast. So maybe we'll have him on the show and he can give me some tips. Um, <laughs> but this is a kitten. Uh, it's a male. He's been neutered. He's a really Very sweet, cute. cute. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah, we really <laughs> love him. He's amazing. But that's the thing. So he is very much uh, getting used to the new environment. So when we first got him home, he was very talkative and just exploring and stuff. And now he's just under the couch for like most of the night because he just wants to chill down there. So mm -hmm. we've been letting him chill. But every now and then when he comes out, he's been a purr machine and we really love his company. So that's an exciting Aww. thing that's going on. It's the most uh difficult thing about it so far is the name we're we're not really sure what to settle on uh my fiance was uh pitching out Toby and a couple others she had like a lot of human names i ended up going with sir reginald uh buttons oh god i can't even remember buffington because th the reason i came up with that is because his name when we got him from the shelter was Buffington. I'm like, that's a really strange name. So we can maybe, <laughs> maybe use that to our advantage as like a last name. And yeah, Sir Reginald, I was like, that makes me think of Reggie Watts. And also like, uh -huh. I definitely want our cat to be a, a, a knight. So. Okay. Yeah. But that's the thing, uh, Lauren, my fiance, she's not necessarily on board with that just yet. I think it's growing <laughs> on her though. So I have a chance uh, with that. It's pretty good. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. So it has a chance to see the light of day, but we'll, we'll see, but that's to be determined, but yeah, very exciting. Nice. Yeah. But this is a video game podcast for anyone who happens to be just tuning in for the first time. Uh, we will be talking about Kingdom Hearts 3, m myself specifically. I played the hell out of it. I finally got my to like sink a lot of hours into it. And I know what I said on previous episodes that uh, reviews are in and everyone's saying it's not that great. As a diehard fan that waited this long for this game, it has 100% lived up to my expectations to this oh, point. Nice. And I feel like I, it's amazing. Nice. It's so good to hear. It really is. And I, I, I wonder if I'm in the minority there because so far it has been a blast. I'm loving every second of it. I'm taking my time, even though I have, I put the game on easy difficulty so I could kind of breeze through it. But I also don't want to breeze through it because I want to savor every moment. Mm -hmm. But I do intend on playing it again because I'm a freaking freak uh but we'll see i don't know i do love this game i am very far i feel like before we got on this call i was like 
I might be at the point of beating this game, but mm-hmm. no, I'm at probably the final area. In fact, I don't know what it's called. It's like the Keyblade Graveyard, if I'm not mistaken. And all right, so a few things. They have gummy ships back in the game, and that's mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily something I was ever a fan of in any of the previous games. Uh, but you can you can like go into this garage and customize your ship and do this whole thing. I never customize my ship because I'm just very much just like fuck this. I don't really enjoy this aspect of the game. I just want to get through it as fast as possible. But I also Mm -hmm. feel like that's putting me at a disadvantage because if you customize your ship, you can make it better and make things easier. So I'm playing with an OG just gummy ship, like end game stuff. So that's like fucking me. But I finally got to this this one gummy ship route right before the Keyblade graveyard. And God, this boss in there was so insane. I literally spent so long chipping his health away, chipping his health away. And it was like, finally done. I'm like, Oh, thank God. And then he had two more health bars show up out of nowhere. And I was like, what? Uh... He like evolved into another boss. And I was like, this is just gummy ship stuff. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I didn't expect them to throw that at me, but I'm like, I guess, I guess I am at the end of the game. So, um, that's the thing. Everything's going crazy. I don't want to spoil anything at all because I know how much this means to me. And eventually we will have a full blown spoiler cast, but God damn it. If it's not getting crazy and all these characters are interacting and I'm having a blast. Awesome. Uh, the, the different worlds that I've explored so far. Um, I remember my main concern going into it was, Oh, am I going to connect with these uh, Disney movies that I never saw, like Tangled and Frozen? Right. Those were amazing. And it, it literally felt like by me playing through the story, I got the experience of the movie of, or like the main gist of what would happen yeah. in the movie, but Sora's just hanging out there like as like a <laughs> tag along character. I'm like, all right, cool. So like that was really enjoyable. And uh, some of those things that caught me off guard, like the c- character in Tangled, uh, Rapunzel, I didn't expect her to necessarily like play a big role as like joining your party like she's like right up in the the fight and battle and she's like using her hair as a weapon she's like totally badass and amazing it was really (laughs) cool um and that was another neat aspect that they improved upon is that in kingdom hearts 3 it's not like you can switch out people in your party it's just like anybody you encounter that's on your side is just like in your party traveling with you doing cool shit so like that was really cool um so Tangled was great. Frozen was really fun. And that that's what I mean. I, I'm not necessarily someone who saw the movie, so I can't say like I'm a huge fan. But after playing that, I'm like, that was really enjoyable. And there was like a full moment that I feel like almost was directly from the movie. They took the whole Let It Go scene where she's singing and it was mm-hmm. like absolutely masterpiece. I was like, wow, she's crushing it right now. It was like very empowering. Nice. But uh, it, was just, it was fun all around. And then Toy Story as well. That one actually had all sorts of nostalgia for me, but it was a point in the story that I'm not familiar with. It could have been revolving around Toy Story 3 because I don't think I saw that one necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. All, but that's wait. Actually, that's one thing I do want to say about the Toy Story uh, aspect of the game. They didn't have characters from Toy Story two in it, so it seemed like it was like from just the cast of Toy Story one. In fact, some characters that weren't in it was like, why isn't Mister Potato Head in this game? It just didn't really oh, make sense weird. to me. It was odd. So those were a couple of strange choices. Um, but it's it's amazing, and I know a lot of people. I just saw the other day, like on my phone, like I haven't read any of these articles because I haven't beat it yet, and I don't want to ruin anything. But it was like a Polygon article. It's like, yeah, not living up to expectations, or however they worded it, and they were just like, everyone's. It's just a big letdown, and I'm like, well, I sure hope that's not the ending. So I, yeah. I still have the end to encounter, and I'm right on the cusp of it. So by the time we record next, I'll probably be explaining my feelings on it, but not going into spoiler territory. So that'll be interesting. I have high hopes though, thus far, because I was all along very skeptical. I was like almost like gaslit by my own podcast crew with everyone's (laughs) like saying like this, this fucking game's never coming out, Doug, and I'm losing my mind. You're like, you guys are right. And then I'm finally playing it, having the time of my life. I'm like, I should have never questioned it. And it's like, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's so funny though, still to me, like even having, uh, heard so much about it with this one coming out and like the explainer videos and all that kind of stuff that have happened I, it still sounds to me like someone's having a stroke when they talk about it like when you <laughs> talked about the taking the gummy ship to the keyblade graveyard yeah. oh, that's man. that's literally just word soup none of that like means anything and obviously there's a lot of video games that you could say that about 
like when you get into the minutia and you start talking about different worlds and stuff like that, it can all sound like word soup, but it's just so funny to me because even trying to understand it a little bit more, never having played it, it still sounds like you're having a stroke. It no, like- you're, I basically am. Um, <laughs> speaking, it's a good time though for this. Uh, I think Bren's going to join the podcast. Let's uh, have him join here. Oh, there he is. Hey, what's up, Bren? Oh, sorry about that. LA is a nightmare with traffic <laughs> and just always running late to everything. It's so. cool. I forgot to mention at the top of the episode, you might be joining us, but you here you are. Yeah, I made it. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, I was explaining to Whitney my how all of my expectations have been met with Kingdom Hearts three, and it's <laughs> a surprise because I was, I, you know me, I was, I, I said that lot. you guys gaslit me into thinking this game's never coming out, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not. We didn't gaslit you. Square Enix gaslit. You. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, but no, it's here and I've been loving it. Uh, but we can move on to something else. That is another game. There is one more game that I did want to talk about that I didn't expect me to love so much, but I'm playing all the time and it's mobile. So I feel like, oh, throw a wrench in the plan. Uh, it's Roller Coaster Tycoon Touch. And I'm curious, oh. did Basta bring this up on a last time he was on or I don't remember. Maybe not, but. Man, I sure. saw it on the Play Store and downloaded it because I'm like, I love Roller Coaster Tycoon and let's just see how it plays. I'm sure it's going to have all sorts of in-app purchases and, and suck, but it's really good. I'm having a, a fun time. I think I'm currently level 12 and it's like in the past when I played certain uh, mobile games, they definitely limit the amount of gameplay you can do and it's like oh well now you need to wait to like regenerate uh, crystals or whatever or like spend money so you don't have to wait to play this game isn't like that i feel like you can continually just kind of improve your park at this point i'm i'm certain later in the game it will get to a point where it's like oh you've reached a threshold but i was able to sit down and play for like a solid like hour maybe two hours if i was like really into it and just be like on a roll so i leveled up a lot it's kind of like a card based system where it's like oh you unlock different cards to like upgrade different parts of your uh, parts of your park so you don't necessarily start out with the ability to make roller coasters right off the bat they're more or less like a rare card that you can unlock but the game is a lot of fun and i recommend anybody on mobile that has any nostalgia for like roller coaster tycoon 2 specifically for me was like my favorite this is great but there is a few downsides one thing that i noticed was you can't really like uh zoom in and highlight people specifically in the park to like get their thoughts like it's more or less a random basis their thought bubbles will pop up and you can collect them by like clicking on them so the tap interface like on a phone is actually really good because you can like zoom in and move around your park and edit things pretty uh efficiently so i definitely recommend it and i'm having a blast i feel like one of the complaints would be that you can't build roller coasters right away in roller coaster tycoon yeah well that's the thing i think i was early level they did unlock a rare roller coaster for you like it's oh there's a tutorial too that it's very handholdy but i highly recommend going through it because the interface is complex and you're gonna want to know how to control everything yes but i feel like on a keyboard and mouse it seems kind of intuitive but on a handheld like with your fingers that might be weirder yeah, it's more, it's mainly just how many menu options there are. Um, there's like different, uh, trophies and stuff you can unlock. And, uh, there's an improved like menu where you can like check out like a heat map to see like which rides are doing the best. So it's like really impressive. I, I, I yeah, it's interesting. That's very intriguing because I love those kinds of games. And, uh, I, I would have assumed that it wouldn't be fun to play without paying. Yeah, and like I'm having being a, microtransaction to death. I, and that's what I said to my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm never doing what I did with Rocket League ever again. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm going to do this completely free and just be a cheap and see how I can make out. And so far, playing pretty well. One thing that I found was a little annoying, but I think uh, they expect you to play a certain way. Uh, I like made like a food court with like a bunch of the different foods in one area. And then mm-hmm. this one person was walking around and their food bubble, their their thought bubble came up and they had like an angry face and I click on it. I'm like, what are you pissed about? And they're like, I can't find a single thing to eat around here. I'm ah. going home. And I'm like, there's a full food court. And I think the whole thing is they want you to intersperse the different types of food throughout your park to be mm-hmm. the most efficient. 
instead of just like gather them in one area where it's like, I don't know. So you have to have some kind of strategy and it's, it's really fun. I, I like building a, an amusement park and hopefully uh, attracting more little customers and getting better roller coasters. Right now, the one I have is wooden. So I'm sure there's going to be some crazy shit, but the main attraction I have is like a drop tower. So God, that person's my mom, a thousand restaurants and not a thing to eat. It's like, well, it's not really the restaurant's fault now, is it? Since there's so many <laughs> options. <laughs> um, but Bren, since you were able to join the call, let's hear from you. We haven't heard from you in a little while. Uh, what have you been playing? It's still dipping into Overwatch for that lunar year of the pig, whatever events, because all the Dynasty Warrior character skins, I'm a sucker for those. I hate it. I hate Overwatch. It sucks. It's a terrible game. Um, besides that, I actually bought a recent game uh, called Mushroom 11. And mm-hmm. it was part huh. of a part of a game jam back in the day, um, you know, where people like at the contest where people build games real quickly. And I think it was one of those where I was like, "Oh, this is a neat idea. Let's flesh this out further and then sell it as an actual game." Um, and it's basically a platformer, a two D platformer, where you're playing as, as far as I can tell, like a fungus or like a mold is probably the best way to describe it in a nuclear apocalypse. And everything's destroyed, and you're just trying to crawl to the other side of the screen. But you only have two controls, and you can't really move. And the two controls are destroy and precision destruction. Um, (laughs) You have the mouse, and all you do is you have the big pile of mold. And when you left-click, it's a big circle. When you right-click, it's a smaller circle for like more precise. And all you do is destroy the mold. And it grows in the other direction. And you just have to keep pushing it across the screen by destroying it from one side and it grows in the other way. And you have to work around, you know, through tunnels, around uh, cliffs. Uh, There are some enemies, not too many, but you get like, would have to avoid them or spikes or fire, which will destroy the mold or this like purple, I guess, decay that when it fire will just destroy the mold and like whatever part touches it uh, is gone. But then this decay, as soon as it touches it, it'll spread it through all of the mold. So you have to cut that off real quick before it destroys everything. And as you're going through, there's little collectibles. It doesn't, you don't grow. You have like a set size. So as uh, no matter how much you destroy, it'll grow back to that default size if it touches ground. Um, but if it's in the air for a long period of time, it won't grow. I'm not sure if there's an actual reason behind that, but it makes it more challenging. Um, and yeah, you have to like defeat some of the bosses on each level, which is really challenging for not having any moves, really. You really don't do anything. So it's really challenging to like work your way around the environment and use it to defeat the bosses. Um, real neat little game, though. It's like, I think, 15 at full price on Steam, and I got it on sale for like 10. Yeah, I looked sale. it up while you were talking about it. It does look really interesting. The art style is cool. But as I was Googling it, I type in Mushroom 11, and it's like Mushroom 11 Kingdom Hearts 2 as like an autocomplete. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I remembered, I'm like, oh, there's like 13 different mushrooms that you have to do. Uh, I was like, goddamn, everything's Kingdom Hearts. Sorry. <laughs> it, just, that's just all your search history. Yep, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Let me get a pesto recipe. Pesto Kingdom Hearts. What the shit? Um, yeah, so that's mostly what I've been playing. Um, because I have much less time these days for inexplicable reasons. I don't really know why. Um, and besides that, uh, Smash uh, still. Piranha Plant came out for anyone who uh, bought the game early. So you got him. And it's weird. It's a weird character. Which seems obvious because it's a potted plant in a fighting game. But like, it's just it's odd to control. It's not fast. Um it's a lot of, like, stretch attacks. Like, it's got long reach, but it's not very quick with it. You have to, like, charge up the text to stretch it out. Um, I think it's down B as it holds up, po- it charges poison, and when you release it, it releases a cloud that will do a ton of damage if you stay in it, um, but it doesn't hurt the Piranha Plant himself. And then I've also seen people use that for cover, because you can't see through it. So throw out the poison cloud, then jump into it and charge their attack. And when the enemy comes by, they'll attack them from within it. So it's really interesting, and it's going to be really annoying to fight. He he seems like already a, uh, I don't know, not a random character, but just like a tricky character to counter. Yeah. And it's just I really enjoy that they've already announced that all the DLC characters aren't 
there are no Echo characters, no Echo fighters. They're all oh, so they're brand new. Yeah, they're all brand new. Their own move set. Like they're not copying anything. So it's just like it's weird because they're like the Sword Boy anime Sword Boys. They all have very similar move sets, and then like. Diddy Kong and Kirby and Jigglypuff and Yoshi, like they got kind of similar move sets, and like Daisy yep. and Peach, and it's like and Prime Plant's just like so weird and different. Yeah, I'm wondering how the new characters are gonna play into that, especially for the people that are like really into like the analysis of like how to have the best strategy. Yeah, and it's a lot trickier now with like online games because they can you know like everything they can buff and nerf characters, they can reduce like hitbox sizes and stuff with updates. Um, but it's it's also Smash. It's very popular in esports, but it's not taken very seriously in esports. Yeah. Because you can, like, still uh, kind of game the system against each other. It's, it's kind of janky at times. Um, one thing they got rid of with the Ultimate is you can't run through people. Like, it's impossible to just, like, clip through someone, uh, which you could do before. And it's, it's one thing that I'm really having to, like, reteach myself to not do anymore. Like, I didn't realize how much I relied on that in the old games. Right. Um, but yeah, it's. It's interesting, and you know someone at Evo is going to just be a god with Piranha Plant and just clean the floor, and no one's going to be able to explain why, and it's going to just infuriate the rest of the tournament. Yeah, I can imagine trolls making that their main. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. But then again, I've been playing a lot of Baby Bowser and Duck Hunt Dog, so I'm not one to criticize trolly characters. Fair enough. Um, And then, I didn't play it, but there was a game I watched an entire Let's Play of that was like, it was like 14 hours or 20 hours maybe. Uh, but I watched all of it because it was very good. And I'm very tempted to just buy the game. Not even to play it because I already know how it works and like that story goes. But I'm tempted to just buy it to just continue to support that developer and his team. Because yeah. it was so good. Um, but it's called Wander Song. And it oh, came out for PC and Switch uh, and PS4 I think. So it's on everything except for Xbox, but no one really cares about that one. <laughs> um, and it's just very, very charming and adorable and just very heartfelt. And you play as a bard who's like starts off of like, oh, I'm the main hero. And this uh, ghost spirit told me like, I have to collect this earth song to save the world. And then like not too not too far into it, it's not a spoiler, but you find out there's actually a different hero with the big sword that kills all the monsters, and you're just no one. And it's and it's funny because um, throughout the whole game there's no achievements, but then as soon as the hero appears you get like 15 achievements every second they're on screen, because they're the main character and they're unlocking all the achievements, not you. <laughs> um, so that's like an interesting little take. Uh, yeah, but that it's, is. Uh, with the bard, it's all singing. So the main controls are um, kind of like a color wheel that pops up with like eight different uh, sections. And those are different pitches of what he can sing. And all like the mini games are song based. And it's, it's kind of a rhythm game in that sense too. Uh, and it's just, there's so much work and effort put into this. And like, you can talk to the NPCs for like 10 minutes and I don't think they'll repeat dialogue. Like they'll just say different things each time. And it's just so good. And I highly recommend it to everyone, regardless of the types of game you play. Because it's, it's not like, it's not a Dark Souls. It's not going to beat your ass down and like make you hate yourself. But it's just, right. it's such a good game and the music's really great it too. It sounds awesome. It it looks adorable. I pulled it up. Man, colorful as all hell. It oh, looks yeah. absolutely adorable. This bard character, I'm already in love with them. The writing's very good too. Like it, it's very funny and charming, and it was actually kickstarted. As much as we say don't kickstart anything, uh, this is actually a successful Kickstarter back from like 2016. But yeah, I'm I'm tempted just to buy it again just to give them more money because they have certainly earned it. It's so good. Definitely, that looks awesome. You talking about Kickstarter just reminded me of a game that I actually did play since I was last on the show. Oh that shit! I totally forgot to talk about. <laughs> so, there's a game called Fallen London. When it first came out in 2009, it was called Echo Bazaar, and it's a it's a browser based game. It's like a Victorian Gothic narrative that sort of got a little bit of T. S. Eliot and a little bit of it's almost. Cthulhu-esque in some parts. Oh, uh, Lovecraft? 
Yeah, it's sort of Lovecraftian. It's sort of like T.S. Eliot. It's very like sort of steampunky, Victorian Gothic. Anyway, it's just cool. a narrative game. There's just different, um, there's four different like stats that you can choose to improve on. And they're dangerous, watchful, persuasive, and shadowy. And as you go through different narratives, it unlocks different like further narratives down the road. It's essentially an endless game and you only have so many uh, moves per set amount of time i think it you get like one more move every six minutes so depending on how long you're absent from the game or whatever Mm -hmm. um but you it's basically all just sort of like role based whether or not you actually get points or get loot or whatever it's all all text um but it was really 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 fun i played it so much in 2009 and i was actually reminded of it because i just read a really good review for sunless skies and, sunless skies. Uh, sunless sea. Well, sunless sea was in two, in twenty fifteen. Okay, and it's by the same people who did, and set in the same world as Fallen London. Um, uh, okay. Sunless sea. I actually backed on Kickstarter and then tried to play once for an hour and was so confused that I never picked it back <laughs> up again ever. Oh, oh no. wow! Um, it was not a good start to the game. Mm-hmm. And I, being as as concerned as I am with it being like user friendly and the controls making sense and and that kind of stuff, being like the mechanics being intuitive, if I take spend an hour trying to play your game and I can't, then I'm out. Yeah, even if I fair. liked the world and the story and I liked so much what they did with the the browser based game, but then I just read um a good review for Sunless Skies. And now that came out in 2017. So it's been out for a while and I didn't hear anyone else talk about it, but I was just sort of looking through and someone picked it up and really enjoyed it. And that reminded me of Fallen London. And I was like, is Fallen London still a game that you can go play? And it is. And it actually still had my save from like eight years ago. So I was able to sort of pick up the narrative where I left off. Of course, I remembered none of it. <laughs> I have no idea what I had played before. Um, and they've they've updated it a lot and changed it, but it's still playable. Um, and it was actually really fun. It's just like, if you really want to be immersed in an... It's like, London is under the Earth's crust and like a boat ride away from hell. And then Sounds you tie right. in some like T.S. Eliot and some Lovecraft... <laughs> And that's what it is. And it's essentially endless narrative. You, I, I don't know that there's like a, a winning the game thing. It's just sort of like unlocking new routes. And then you can go back and play other routes that you didn't before. Like if you decide to be a madam and seduce everybody so you don't become a thief and steal things, you can go back and become a thief and steal things even after you've done the, the full track of like being seducing everybody. Oh, um, nice. Huh. Yeah, but anyway, I played Fallen London, and I I had a very very strong like throwback memory to two thousand and nine. That's cool, and it's cool that they have your save data essentially or your account impressive. information. I would have assumed yeah. for sure that to play it, I would have had to start fresh. Yeah, and at least you uh, weren't like Mark who logged into RuneScape and lost like a billion coins or whatever. Oh no! <laughs> Just got to yeah. bring that back up. But no, that's really cool, and I'm gonna have to look into this. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, that's neat. Um, cool. But I think that'll do it for the games we've been playing. There is some stuff in the news I wanted to bring up. Uh, we're in the f- midst of February, so I do want to say the free games for PlayStation this month, because I am a PlayStation fanboy. Uh, there's For Honor, which I was always interested in, but never was going to pony up and pay for. So I'm like, that's great that it's free. I'm definitely going to look into checking it out. That It came out the same time as some other game, and I feel like it was like overshadowed. I could be wrong. It was tough i think i think you're right though i think there was a very similar sort of like ancient warriors combat game yeah like yeah it kind of split the audience for it um for honor is tricky though because it's like a team-based fighting game kind of like arena because you can just like run up and help your teammates or like team up on someone else um and for anyone doesn't know it's like knights versus samurais versus vikings and it's interesting because it's like a team fighter a fighting game but it's almost like a 2D fighter game where it's like they certain classes have skill sets and certain certain classes are much uh, stronger against other classes. So if you come up against like someone who's your counter, you don't want to fight them. You'd run away and try to switch out with another team member. So it's kind of like uh, like a three person fighter or like Marvel vs. Capcom too, where you have like three pl- uh, fighters on each team. 
Yeah. But instead of them just being off on the side waiting, they're all fighting at the same time. So you have to like run up and like trade places with people or you can team up on people and it it was really cool and got a lot of attention early on and got a lot of uh promotion behind it. They had like celebrities playing it, like Jason Momoa and stuff. Um and it was doing pretty good, but then people started kind of cheesing it and kind of finding the loopholes and kind of breaking the game of like, oh, this character, if you like wiggle him this way while he's doing his attack animation, you can actually cut down the lag time and do it over and over and over again and kind of spam it and instant kill a character. It's like, well, that's yeah. not fair. So no. like the, the, the f- audience and community around For Honor kind of got too invested and kind of broke it. Um, and then apparently there was like updates and nerfs like any online game that kind of like threw it off balance even further and stuff. But like, there's still I'll hear of an update every now and then, and hear see a bunch of streamers like jump into it again for a bit. So, so like, it's still thriving. It's still an active community. So like, you can get in and like, there are games playing. It's not like completely abandoned. Well, so. that would make sense. Why it's a free game for February then to kind of like get more people involved, have like that uh, player base increase by the new people playing. I'll try it out since it is free. I don't know if I'm going to be that into it. Um, the other one though is Hitman Season One, and I think I'd probably play that more because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll go kill some people. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> it sounds fun, so that'd be interesting. I don't even think I did play the previous Hitman game, so I hope that doesn't matter. Uh, a friend of mine bought. I it might have been season one. He bought me that for me, and yeah, I haven't played any of them. But it's just you're a hitman. You <laughs> There's no Pretty, real story. That's what I mean. It's right in the title. I'm like, yeah. right, why not? It's a it's a video game. I'm not gonna go to jail. And uh, if it's um, <laughs> if it's like the newer one, there's so many different ways. So like, in the episode, there's maybe like one, two or three missions, and that's it. It's kind of like, oh well, that's not a whole lot of content for how much it costs. But there's so much, like, an incredible amount of replayability with every one of those. There's, uh, like, probably 50 different routes you can take to approach that one mission at a time. And then you can, like, poison people and then they run to the bathroom to throw up and then you drown them in the toilet in their own vomit. And then, like, you can disguise yourself as a bartender and do that. There's so many different things you can do. So if you want a game with a ton of replayability and, like, seeing, like, oh, maybe I can do it this way or maybe I can approach the scenario this way. Like, that's the game. Yeah, that makes sense. That's pretty cool. Uh, And the other two that I have no really interest in, uh, Gunhouse and Rogue Aces, apparently they were Vita games that you can get on PS4. And PS3 users, I'm blown away that they just uh, do free games for PS3 still. That's really cool. Uh, (laughs) Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots. I feel like if that was a game or no game, I would have been like, that's not a game. (laughs) (laughs) It's Metal Gear, though. It's absolutely a game. So, yep, you can get that for free on PS3. That is one of the games with, like, one of the most infamous ending sequences because it's, like, a two-and-a-half-hour cutscene. So long that they have a save, like, a checkpoint save within the cutscene. I've heard of that. That's, like, infamous for that. And, goddammit, that's one thing I forgot to bring up when I was talking about Kingdom Hearts 3. When you sit down to play this game, you cannot just be like, oh, I'm just gonna play for a half hour. Because then you fucking, in that half hour, do something where it, like, progresses a story. And then, I swear to God, it'd be, like, midnight. I'm like, I need to go to bed. And I'm like, <laughs> I just want a save point, for the love of God. And mm-hmm. it'd be like, I just f- finished a boss. And I'm like, okay, this is, like, perfect time for them to just send me to a save point, And then I go do something else. No, no, it'll be like literally like 45 minutes of cutscenes or some shit. I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like falling asleep being like, this can't be real. So <laughs> they definitely, uh, I don't know, abused that shit. And it was getting to me like multiple times where I'm like, man, you got to be dedicated if you want to sit down and play this. Yeah, that was a big problem with me with like Bayonetta 2. I'm still playing. I'm still enjoying it. But like when those cutscenes hit, I'm just like, all right, let's settle in. It's going to be fuck. a while. Even right now, I literally have the game paused on, like, <laughs> a- as it we're sp- recording because I didn't find a save point in time before we got on the podcast. So I was uh. like, fuck. So it's like, <laughs> and it, I think it's like an important battle. I'm like, God damn it. So it's a whole thing, but it, it is, it is great. So anyone who's playing it, I hope you're enjoying it. I'm eager to once I beat, uh, once I complete it, I'm going to read all these reviews and see what everyone's bitching about because it's pretty great. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's like the Fall or Half-Life 3, like, it took so long to make, they'll never live up to everyone's hype, so, like, it's only going to be disappointment. 
I honestly think a lot of it also might be some of the people writing the reviews weren't even playing the games back then, so it doesn't really hold any meaning to them, and they're just writing a review of a a new game being like, oh, I thought this was going to be badass, and they don't... The story is complicated. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of times as I'm holding my controller, like, my eyes are just rolling into the back of my head (laughs) because I don't understand anything that's going on right now, but I'm like, I know that character. That character's here. doesn't make any sense, but they're here, and I'm like, that's cool. (laughs) So, it's... it's And then the funniest thing is there was, like, a whole cutscene where like they try to explain it and then jiminy cricket pops up and he says don't worry everyone you all have these gummy phones that i gave you in case you get confused and he's like and you can call us if you have any questions (laughs) i'm thinking everyone who's playing the game wishes they had one of these phones because it's like we don't understand anything that's happening in this fucking game I love jumping into random, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 streams and just seeing the look on the streamer's face, like, during the cutscene, because it's just like, what in the ever-loving shit am I looking at, right? Like, just abject confusion, and just, like, it's great. Even people, between people who, like you, who've played all of them and are, like, yes. all up to date, and people are just jumping in blind, and it's like, We're both on the same of them, level. Yeah, yep. they're both just as confused. <laughs> So it's like, oh, this is absolutely great. absurd. And yeah, it's just crazy. Even the characters within the game being confused. Like Lee seeing Jiminy the Cricket pop up. He never even saw that person before. He's like, who the hell? So like, <laughs> it's just everyone's confused. It's great. So if that sounds interesting, <laughs> three. If you like being confused. Yeah. Um. Let's see if there's any other news topics. I think there's a couple. Yeah, let's uh, see. I did. It's not video game related, but I did want to talk about scary stories to tell in the dark. Okay, oh, yeah. you're free. Um, so my my grandfather, that was like our whole bonding thing, was that he would tell my sister and I scary stories. And for years, it was just he was making up scary stories. Everything that was like in their cabin, this saw blade came to life and cut off a man's head and now is hanging on the wall in their cabin and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And then Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark came out with their horrifying, horrifying graphics. And <laughs> he would just sit down and we would like sit around a fire and he would read pages from scary stories to tell in the dark i still have the like anthology book that he gave me when i was like 10 um maybe a little bit older than that but pretty young uh, mm-hmm. and guillermo del toro is making scary stories to tell in the dark the movie and the trailer happened during the super bowl and the trailer is like a trailer for one of the the orphan or hereditary or like it's a really scary trailer but it's supposed to be like pg-13 like family-friendly horror and i am so confused by it but i'm also very excited by it but it looks scary as shit (laughs) damn it does not look like it's for families yeah um but then again the the illustrations of scary stories to tell in the dark the stories themselves were scary but it was definitely the illustrations that were scarier and those Mm -hmm. were not necessarily family friendly either even though the book was a children's book um but guillermo del toro's really gone all in on the the trailer looks terrifying as an adult let alone taking like 12 13 year old kids to go see it (laughs) but i'm very excited for it awesome I know that was like that was a book a ton of people our age liked, and that was just one. I was just like, "Yeah, I'm good. I don't need yeah. this. <laughs> I got enough issues in real life. I don't need these fake stories <laughs> implanted in my head." Yeah, I can picture the front cover of it, but I don't know if I ever read it. Maybe I I did briefly as a kid, but I don't recall much. There's a couple different versions, so you, yeah, you might have come across something at some point. Yeah, maybe I might avoid the movie too, but you can let us know if it's good. <laughs> Brent and I are massive pussies. We've yeah. gone over this. Um, uh, that's the thing. I there's two other Kingdom Hearts things I have to bring oh, up real Jesus. briefly. I know it's, it's just absolutely <laughs> it's terrible, but um, uh, I was listening to a podcast and they they were what reminded me of this. Uh, after like maybe th- one to three hours of gameplay, like you're th- deep in the midst of Kingdom Hearts three, it like comes to like the opening sequence where it's like oh it's kingdom hearts (laughs) 2.9 i was like wait what and i was like what is this and i don't honestly know as a fan i can't really explain it but the weirdest thing about it was the kingdom hearts 2.9 it was the roman numeral 2.9 and i'm like what are you guys doing right now like it didn't make any sense so i wasn't sure if that was just like a strange japanese like mistranslation mistranslation exactly but it was just really strange so that threw me off and then the other thing that threw me off was fucking when i'm in the frozen world i run across like olaf that or was it is it olaf the name of the Uh, snowman 
Snowman, Snowman. Yeah. 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 So we run across him and then Donald Duck. I have to like pull up what he said. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? He was like, I, uh, yeah, Sora says to him, he's like, oh, I just saw a walking snowman. And Donald's like, a snowman? We all know snowmen can't walk. You must have imagined it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's where you draw the line, Donald Duck? A snowman can't walk in all the ca- things you've encountered in this whole world. And not only also, can a snowman walk, he can talk. He's a talking duck. You're a- Yeah, I was going to say, also, <laughs> he's a fucking duck. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, what he encountered, he himself is a monster. Yeah, I know. So that's just... Kingdom Hearts in a nutshell. I shouldn't even have brought any of that up. I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> selling this game at all. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, uh, Judge Greg online was like, should I get into Kingdom Hearts? If I don't oh, God. That like, thread no, is golden. No, you're a father. You have other things to do in life. Like, I'm it's just, just telling him it. since I enjoy it, maybe you will, but he saw through all the bullshit and I can't blame him. It's all good. You, you don't. And I said all these other games are kind of mandatory. Not mandatory, but you should play them to really know what's going on. But I said to him, if you're not invested, just start with three and have a good time. And just kind of like when story things are happening and you don't know what's happening, just kind of just sit back and relax and be like, this is fine. (laughs) See, I disagree even with that. I don't think Kingdom Hearts 3 is a game for like everyone. I think it's a game specifically for dedicated fans. I think people who don't have any experience with Kingdom Hearts aren't really going to get anything out of it. Especially how long it takes. Like it's a long game. So Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um one other news thing I wanted to bring up, and it's not even like anything maybe our listeners care, but uh freaking Spotify bought Gimlet Media and Anchor. Uh, So if anyone's unfamiliar, Anchor was a podcast hosting platform. I remember I we were getting emails from them and we're I was considering doing a show, but the reason I even knew of a show that was on Anchor was uh newest, latest, best, uh former guest of the show, uh Jeff Kanata had a show. It was actually a daily podcast where he'd do like 10 to 15 minutes of like a little video game update. And it was really fun. He has since ended that show. It was really a good time though. So you can still check that out, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, so Spotify is making a huge move though, because I feel like iTunes or like Apple in general kind of let go of their grip on podcasts and like Spotify is swooping and being like, we're going to buy one of the biggest networks in podcasting and we're going to buy a, a, not a huge hosting platform, but a built in platform for them to get more people interested in what they're doing and give people the ability to probably podcast directly through Spotify, I'm assuming is what their goal is. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could do that with Pinecast too. It ain't hard. Well, sorry about that. Anyway, um, I don't think iTunes and them really like let go of their hold on podcasts. I think Spotify is just so popular with music; it's already like popular with podcasts right from the start because it's already so known to begin with. And iTunes is just the biggest pain in the ass to get to work on any right. device of any kind. So it's it's less of like. Spotify is good with podcasts and more like everyone else is shitty with everything else. Like, it's just like the other options aren't any better. Yeah. Apple just never really improved. I guess they did try with Apple podcasts, but I'm just, I don't know, not an Apple fan in general. So it, it's uh, nice to see. Hopefully it'll be a, a good thing. Hopefully nobody's going to be bitching about it, <laughs> but I'm not sure. It, it seems no. like big podcasting news. So I thought I'd just throw it out there. I saw a lot of forums when this was, like, speculation, and everyone in the forums was like, man, I hope this doesn't happen. It's going to ruin Gimlet. And, and then it happened, and everyone's like, well, shit. Like, because everyone knows that when a content creator is bought by the content distributor, nothing bad ever happens. Oh, actually, so. I already am taking this back. I saw a thread, and uh, forgive me for not knowing exactly who was affected, but one of the podcasters from that network had a huge show and didn't get like any compensation or something. And then, yeah, Gimlet gets, or yeah, I think they were paid a, it was a $200 million deal. So this lady's just like saying to her Twitter audience being like, so yeah, I had like one of the biggest shows on this network, getting them to where they are. And yet I don't get any of this. Like, it's just, I don't know. That's got to well, leave a bad taste in your mouth. Is, is the structure of Gimlet is mm-hmm. different from the structure of most other podcast networks. Like, the structure of Gimlet is closer in practice to, like, a regular radio station, to, like, NPR or something for, like that. You're you're an employee of Gimlet rather than a podcast that works with Gimlet. 
Um, okay. Like most other networks, the the shows are like the revenue that they get and the percentage of whatever that they get is in reference to like how big the show is for the network and stuff like that. In this, you are paid like a salary by Gimlet for, to my knowledge, and you, and you come in every day and you sit down and you do a nine to five and that's like your job. And okay. if a radio station was bought, you wouldn't get any dividends. You wouldn't get mm-hmm. any profit if your radio station was bought and you were like a executive producer at the radio station. You might get a raise, think something might change, but also they're not entitled to share any of the profits with their employees. If it were someone like Earwolf or Radiotopia and that buyout happened and the podcast didn't get anything, I would be upset. But in this case, Gimlet runs different than any other podcast network that I know of. That makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, thanks for explaining that, because, yeah, I, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. It's like the difference between uh, being an employee of a company and being, like, a contractor for the company. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing that happened, though. I thought we'd mention it. Not really video game related. Sorry, people. <laughs> I mean, we're a podcast. We have yeah. a podcast hosting service. It's relevant to our show. That's, I think so. Yeah. Um. What else is going on? Did you guys talk about Apex Legends? No, no. I don't think so. Does anyone know about this? It just apparently yes. released on Monday, and I know very little about it. And apparently it's just taking the internet by storm. Like, people are nuts for it. It's still in beta, right? Is it live live? I thought it was still in beta. I thought I heard it was live live, but it's like free. So yeah. it's like, you don't, you know, don't expect too much sort of thing. Um. But it's from the developers of Titanfall. Yeah, and, and it's it's like a battle royale game. Yeah, and people are like, "Oh, it's different because it's like you play it's battle royale, but you play in squads, and there's kind of like hero classes, kind of like with Team Fortress or Overwatch or um, those sorts." And when I heard it, I'm like, "Oh, it's PUBG meets Lawbreakers. Mm-hmm, Two games mm-hmm. I have zero interest <laughs> in." Yep, yep, so, same. This is, like, people seem to have fun with it. It's free, so that's a good way to get a player base really early on. Um, It seems to be doing well. It seems to be catching a lot of attention. I think it was beating Fortnite in, like, views on Twitch and stuff. So, like, it's got legs. Mm -hmm. I do not care at all. Yeah. I'm pouring one out for, uh, what I almost said Fortnite, Jesus Christ. Uh, Lawbreakers? Got, yes, Lawbreakers. Yeah, don't no, pour one out for that. Fortnite yet. we got a while to go before we're pouring one out for Fortnite. No, fuck Lawbreakers and fuck uh, Cliff Blazinski. He ruined that company, and he uh, not I remember, entirely his but fault. I had a little bit of fun, of and it fault. just was an unfortunate timing no. and weird thing. Yeah. If there's any battle royale ish game, or not even battle royale ish, but like hero shooter game, I miss it's Battleborn. That was interesting and was trying to do its own thing, and they just pissed off Blizzard at the same time Overwatch came out, and Blizzard just murdered them. Yeah, that was insane. What that had potential, and I feel bad for the people that uh, and the game that we lost with that. But Lawbreakers, fuck that. Cliff Blazinski ruined his own game. That was his fault. So I don't feel bad yeah, about that. Fair enough. Oh, one game that I guess is early access now. Uh, Pray for the Gods. We I talked yeah. about it forever yeah. during its development. Uh, yeah, I saw a Polygon article that yeah you posted in our Slack uh, channel. Yeah. It's they're saying it has them hooked. It it looks great. I I knew, and they were saying it has a bunch of polish. I knew since it was taking them so much time, and they were giving out like, I don't, it wasn't necessarily monthly. It was just whenever they could give you an update. They, uh, I was just subscribed to their newsletter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been putting a lot of time and effort into this game, so I'm looking forward to get getting my hands on it. But I I do want to finish Kingdom Hearts three and uh, play some other stuff like Life is Strange two episode two. Yeah, I. I think with that whole stupid naming controversy thing where they had to change their name to P-R-A-E-Y, which is still so dumb. They didn't. It's awful. It's so unfair. Ubisoft (laughs) has Prey. They were the ones that distributed Prey. They didn't need to do that. That was so dumb that they forced the small indie team to change their name even slightly. Um, But the fact that they like fought through that and are still going with it, like shows they're really dedicated and it's, um, it looks great. I'm, I'm still excited for it. Uh, it's all like snow and like very northern territories of countries and monsters. So I'm hoping there's like a good deal of color and like visually striking and not just like all white and blue. Yeah. So that's like kind of my biggest worry. But otherwise, like, yeah, it looks real cool still. And it's, you know, still chugging along. Yeah. And it's for fans of Shadow of the Colossus. It looks great. I'm 
man, I'm super interested in playing it. And I'm glad to hear that people are having a good time and that it's finally available. Because this, for, since it was such a long wait, this is one of those games that I always thought was never going to come out, too. would be like, yeah. oh, it's, you always just get screenshots and video of it. And it's like, well, when can I actually play it? So I'm glad to hear it. It still is early access. So we'll see once it's finally complete. Maybe mm-hmm. that's when I'll purchase it because we always warn our listeners not to uh, buy a game in early access. But yeah, that is unfortunate with their name. But maybe the bad press was good press in, in a way that like it got their got name circulating. Attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Who hopefully knows? that's how it worked out for them. Yeah. I had one thing that I wanted to, to bring up to you guys and see what your thoughts on it were. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you know sure. this, but on uh, February 1st, Polygon released the best games of 2019 so far. And the, and the reason that they're doing this is because, and there's been a lot of conversation about this in the last year or so, about how we've hit sort of like peak game and the market is so saturated, it's hard to find games, it's hard for indie games to like make a mark on stuff, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they're going through and finding the best games of the year each month and updating that list each month. And then they're going to go through in December of this year and look through every game that they said was like a game of the year potential so far and like fill in any that they thought that they were going, that they had missed or anything like that. And then reorganize, but you know, memories are short and enthusiasm for games can really like wipe out the memory of other games that are happening. For sure. So Polygon is going to go through and review what they like best games of the year for everything like PS4, Xbox, Nintendo switch, PC and mobile are all included in this. And then every month they are updating the list with like the new stuff for that month. And then at the end of the year, they're going to use that list to build their year end of the year list. And I just wanted to know what you guys thought about it because commenters on Facebook and the post are not happy about it. They think Wait, it's really? stupid. Uh, all, that, that entire concept is genius in my that opinion. That makes perfect that's sense I, to me. That's why I wanted to bring it up is because to me, I was like, this makes so much sense. There's so many games out there looking at it month by month. And then at the end of the year, using that as a guideline for what the game of the year is really. Yeah. Is like a very really logical and idea. strategic. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Uh, and I find it impressive that someone th- thought to come at it from that angle. And yeah. I'm curious what the main uh, complaint Complaints. is with that that kind of strategy because it it seems like it'd be very effective and like you were expressing like yeah you get overwhelmed with different emotions as you play different games throughout the years that you lose uh sight of like that that's especially with a game like horizon zero dawn i think that dropped in january of what 2015 or 16 and then like later in the year you have all these other games but it's like man that game was actually really good maybe that is the was was definitely should have been in the top like three contenders for game of the year exactly had been forgotten more or less by the time the end of the year rolled around yeah so i think that definitely happens so i i'd be interested to follow this because i think it is a good idea i have the link on polygon and there's no comments here i guess all the comments that i was seeing were from facebook and i've lost it in my facebook feed because i was trying to go through and like see the reactions that i had seen um and now it's long enough ago that they would have announced it on twitter because it was on the first and now it's the eighth I bet the comments are like, "Why would you guys want to do that? I want to forget about how good this one <laughs> game was." I don't, but it was overwhelmingly negative comments on the post when I saw it, and I I clicked through and I read it, and I was like, "Hang on, this is the smartest idea that I've heard in a long time because there's so <laughs> many games out there." Yeah, that like it just makes perfect sense to me, and for anyone to be angry about it, I just wanted to like bring it up and see what your guys' gut reactions were, which are the same as mine. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, that can feel like I could definitely see someone being like, "Oh, I don't think this is a good idea," but like that, like to be angry and be like, "This is terrible!" <laughs> like, whoa! First off, it doesn't matter to you. Like, you cannot look at it; it does not affect your life at all. Well, but, like, you tell that to everybody on the internet. Yeah, yeah, the internet. yeah it's yeah, uh, but like, yeah, I agree. This is a great way because there's I uh, there are other podcasts I listen, video game podcasts I listen to, and they. Uh, one of them was talking about, like, oh, Red Dead Redemption 2 got, like, into the top five of, like, everyone's lists, if not the top game. But it's like, is it better than God of War, or is it just fresher than God of War? Because by yeah. the time it came out, God of War came out in, like, March, I think? Mm-hmm. So that was early on. Um, and same with this list I'm looking at right now, or the list they have so far. They got Resident Evil 2, the remake on it, which I'm hearing nothing but great praise for. But because it came out in early February... 
by the time December rolls around, I'm going to think most people are going to forget because it's yep, also no a remake. It's also remember it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's not a completely original new idea. So like, this is fun because there's so many games, like uh, even like Wander Song, which came out in September, but like it's a small indie game with not a ton of like publicity behind it. And I honestly believe it's one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. It's way up there for me. But if that came out in a, you know, in the year with God of War and Red Dead Redemption and whatever else came out last year, cause there were so many, like I, people could easily forget it. And I could see why, because they, they don't see advertisements for it everywhere when they're driving around or just like working on computer. So like, I think this is a great idea of just a quick, like, here's the best of January. Like, there's the top four. And then mm-hmm. by the end of the year, it's top four for every month. It's like, cool, we got 48. You know, throw in two extras. Now you got top 50 just yep. for the, to round it out. Boom. Like, that's probably, like, three-fourths of your time of, like, curating a, like, greatest list of the year mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. you did it as it was going out instead of all at once at the end. I'm like, curious to see other websites adopt this kind of, like, structure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with this. This is a smart move, I'm, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> no complaints. It's so yeah. interesting. All That's right. so weird. People are angry about it. I mean, then, yeah, it's the internet. Literally everything angers everyone now at all times. Yeah. So. This this last one I have to throw out uh, might anger some folks, but it makes me laugh. Uh, the Room, the movie by Tommy Wiseau, that oh, director, yeah. he's making a new movie, and it's going to be a shark attack movie called Big Shark. <laughs> and <laughs> that just sounds oh. great. Oh, man. Uh, that's I, the thing. He had another movie just called, like, Friendship or something, or uh, Friends <laughs> or Best Friends, and I don't, I didn't see that, but uh, I, I'd be interested in seeing this one at least, because, I don't know, it... We had Sharknado. I, I'm curious to see how, how bad it can get. It can get pretty bad. Don't don't <laughs> underestimate Tommy Wiseau. Well, I'm um, so curious because he's he's trying so hard to play along with like I meant to do this the whole time, sort of a thing. <laughs> Not exactly. This was an accident, and I have no idea like <laughs> anything that's happening in the world. I'm um, just delusional. He. I'm so curious to see how it is. Based on him saying that he's self-aware, but clearly not being self-aware, what does him trying to recreate the room when he was trying to make a really great movie with the room, like, what does that look like? I can't imagine what the movie's going to read like, because he's going to be trying to make the room, but, like, make be in on the joke, but he wasn't in on the joke when he made the room. I'm very curious to see how that pans out. I uh, completely understand your concern, but I think he's just going to be himself and that's crazy enough that it'll just be like you did it it's like hey just put him in in front of like a camera and it'll just be like it'll happen i don't know i kind of agree with whitney there's this element of like genuineness to the room yeah actually trying to make a good movie but then if you're just like oh i'm gonna like make a joke movie ha 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 i'm tommy was so <laughs> like it's gonna be like <laughs> wow that was good really good i thought he was impression. here for a second <laughs> It's going to be like those, like, meet the Spartans and superhero movies, like those scary movies, but, like, way after they were relevant or funny. And it's like, this is just bad. Like, not even, like, ironic bad. This is just awful. Well, that's the thing is, is it is it going to be bad, bad, like, legitimately bad? Is it going to be ironic bad? Or is he going to somehow pull an amazing movie out of his ass? D- that's definitely not an option. I'm going to tell you that right now. No, oh, I dude, think it, it might be. be. Uh, that's what I mean. I'm... <laughs> I'm I gonna think it bet might be on I think amazing it, movie. Yeah, I think it might be like something we've never seen before. I still stand by my theory that Tommy Wiseau is a, tr- a vampire because he's a f- strange foreign man with a funny accent, with an inexplicable amount of wealth, with a thrall best friend that follows him everywhere and kind of guides him through human society. Like he's either an alien or a vampire. No, Those he's definitely best. alien. I think we've gone through this. It might've been a title yeah. of an episode once. Tommy was, an alien. Um, have I, have I ever told you guys that I think John legend is an alien? I don't think oh. so, but uh. better get that conspiracy out there. <laughs> I definitely think he is. Well, his smile is identical in every picture he's ever taken a red carpet to late night show to whatever. His smile is identical. And it's, oh, then- his, he's like, um, I feel like the reason that he sings so much about emotions is because he's trying to understand human emotions. <laughs> oh, well, then he's a robot. I like that. That's like a good point. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something. There's just something so like. Uh, there's like a split section. It 
split second in his reaction time with stuff when I've seen him. He seems like a nice guy, but also I don't think he really feels human emotions. <laughs> I like enough. that theory, though. Yeah. Um, I'll do a real quick fire, uh, quick fire round. Uh, oh, sure. Talked about Machinima getting rid of all their videos and like being weird and sketchy. They closed officially, and That's eighty-one right. people lost their jobs, and it's super uh. shitty. Which is just continuing Machinima's track record of being super shitty. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, that was a dumpster fire. Yeah, but like most people aren't super surprised by it because of how bad it's been and it's only getting worse. Um, But hopefully those people can find other work because, yes, 81 people gone. Um, The Monster Hunter World Witcher 3 crossover is happening. It's out right now for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And us PC Monster Hunter World players are fucked, like always. Um, They just haven't given a date for when that uh, crossover is going to happen on PC. But oh, it's happening, damn. so I'm going to be watching a lot of those streams because I'm all hyped. And they got, uh, I think, like Witcher themed armor, and Geralt and Siri are in the game. Um, I'm not. I think you can play as them. Uh, and then they got a Witcher monster, the Leshen, which is absolutely one of my favorite monsters of all time in the game. You can fight against now as a monster hunter monster. So like, super hyped for that. Nice. That's, that's enough to get me back in. And then there is Monster Hunter World DLC, like a big expansion pack uh, coming out. Still unspecified date, but it's like all winter stuff and winter monsters. So it looks like they're going to continue uh, with this and really like treat it well. Capcom said like the overwhelming support for Monster Hunter World is like really motivating them to like focus more on those types of games or like on PC games in general and stuff. So that's a great uh, great thing to hear. Uh, Definitely. And ending on a bad note, like I usually do, oh Jesus, uh, as is tradition. Uh, apparently, EA filed a recent trademark for Jade Empire, which is making people a little skeptical. Maybe we're going to get a, a revital uh, in that franchise. And everyone's immediate thought is, which studio are they going to give this to to ruin and then shut down that studio? Because that's what oh, EA does now. Yeah, they I wouldn't want to be the studio getting it. They destroyed Bioware already with Mass Effect. Why not destroy their other popular franchise? So, Jade Empire's great. Like, it's probably rough now if you go back and look at the graphics and maybe the combat, but it, I think it's still a worthwhile game if you haven't played it and can find it, like, cheap on PC or port it to an Xbox or something. I'd still recommend it. It's a hell of a game. It's real cool. All right. So, that's going to be unfortunate whenever that's out. Fair enough. Well... That'll do it for this episode. Uh, let's do some plugs. Whitney, you have a podcast. Let's hear about that and where our listeners can find that and you on the internet. Yeah, it is uh, Historical Hotties. And we are doing in February, we are talking all about different f- like aspects of love and romance. The first episode of the month was Candy Makers and Chocolatiers. And we talk about Ooh. famous candy makers and chocolatiers. Fun fact, uh, Pez... The guy who invented Pez, they were originally like Altoids, like super strong mints. And he thought that maybe the super strong mints could help people stop smoking. So instead of the tin that they were in that was sort of Altoids-like, he built the Pez dispenser to look like a lighter. The heads didn't come in until a couple years later. So like oh, the, wow. the, oh. anytime that you've ever been like, why... Why are Pez in this fucking stupid dispenser so hard <laughs> yeah. to load stuff into? It's because he wanted to give smokers an action that reminded them of smoking to help them quit by having peppermints instead. Yeah, yeah. wow. Uh, so that was something that clever. I learned that we talked about on Historical Hotties. He's not one of the picks that we had, but that was just a fun fact. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you can find that Historical Hotties anywhere you get your podcasts and at Historically Hot on all social media. And we are now officially up and running with Cool Breeze Over the Mountain, which is the Keanu Reeves podcast. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. It is coolbreezepod.com or at coolbreeze on Twitter. And we are going pretty strongly so far we we picked up steam faster than i thought we would and it's a really fun time we have not gotten to the quote-unquote good movies yet we're still (laughs) in the mid 80s and a lot of not good movies like at the end of every episode we ask would we recommend this to somebody and the answer so far every time has been no we would not recommend this to somebody fair enough oh man a rough go both of those sound so much better than our show of me having a stroke about Kingdom Hearts. Um, but Bren, how about you? Uh, where can our listeners find you? You also have a podcast. Yeah, my Twitter is ABTS Brendan on Twitter. It, I don't really do a lot with it. I'm going to be real with you. Don't worry about following that one. Um, instead, you can follow Are We There Yet on Twitter, which is the name, also the name of the podcast I do about anime. 
Uh, it's two anime-obsessed weebs trying to convert our non-weeb friend into a weeb. It's kind of a cult. Like, most anime, it's kind of a cult. Um, so far we've watched uh, Erased, Your Name, Parasite, uh, My Hero Academia, Gurren Lagon, Yuri on Ice, whole bunch of them. And there's some really good ones in there. There's some bad ones. There's some old ones that do not hold up from childhood and are just not good. And we're kind of hitting that uh, section of it now. And oh boy. Nice. No, that's such a good show. I definitely loved the Fully Cooly episode early on. Um, But yeah, listener, if you liked our show, please give us a like, follow, subscribe, tell a family member, tell a friend. Oh, not family members first. Whoops, I I said that backwards. (laughs) Um, But thanks for listening. Uh, If you want to give us a follow, our handle's ABTSilence on on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Twitch. I will get back into streaming. You might see me streaming some Kingdom Hearts 3. I am probably going to play it twice through, and maybe some Life is Strange 2 in the near future. So go ahead over there. But yeah, we will be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys. Bye. Bye.